Thank you, Terry. How we doing? Good. Good. All right. That's good. Yeah. You're awake today. All right. I love that. So good to see you on this holiday weekend. Last getaway for some people of the school before school really kicks into gear. And the homework and the projects and all those good things that us parents and and our kids really love to do. So, but, uh, but good to see you here today. The year was 2006. Michigan State trailed Northwestern Wildcats 38-3 with 10 minutes to go in the third quarter. In that game in the second half, the Spartans scored 38 unanswered points to shock Northwestern 41-38 marking the biggest comeback in NCAA Division I football history. In 2017, the New England Patriots and their Super Bowl MVP, Tom Brady, overcame a 25-point deficit in the second half to beat my struggling Atlanta Falcons in the Super Bowl 50. 51 to win 34 to 28. 2016, the Chicago Cubs overcame a 3-1 series lead to beat the Cleveland Indians to win the first World Series of their franchise in 108 years. 2004, the Boston Red Sox overcame a 3-0 lead by the New York Yankees to beat the Yankees in the American League Championship Series to put the Red Sox in the series. And in one of the craziest games of high school football, in 1994, Plano East trailed John Tyler Lions 41 to 17 with just over three minutes to go in the game. Talking about overcoming something. Plano East would recover three onside kicks, go on to score, to go ahead 44 to 41 with 24 seconds left in what the announcers were calling the greatest comeback in Texas history, only to have John Tyler's Roderick Dunn run the kickoff back 97 yards to win the game for John Tyler in what was called one of the craziest games ever played between two football teams. You see, it's about comebacks. All these stories are about comebacks. And we could talk about the stories of, uh, of people and their comebacks. I think about Bethany Hamilton, who lost her arm due to a shark bite when she was surfing. Who overcame adversity in order to be an example to so many. Many of you have seen the movie that was based off of her story called Soul Surfer. So many things. Lance Armstrong overcoming cancer to come back and do so well with the help of some drugs, apparently. Uh, but we won't get into that one. Uh, so you see the different comebacks. But... What about, what about comebacks? Those are sports. And, and just with season, football season kicking off this week, I thought it'd be good to kind of start there. But, but what about the comebacks of people? What about comebacks of people in faith? 
I know uh, in the book, Rebel with a Cause, tells the, shares the story of Franklin Graham and how Franklin Graham, the son of Billy Graham and president of Samaritan's Purse that many of us go and help out with at Christmas time with Operation Christmas Child, shoeboxes and all. Despite his father being the greatest, called the greatest evangelist of all times, went through a time of rebellion and went away from what everything that he had been taught. Only in God's timing to come back to faith. And now God is using him uh, all over the world, not just with shoeboxes, but um, when this hurricane, if this hurricane hits and all, they will be there. Last year when the hurricane hit, the North Carolina coast, Samaritan's Purse, uh, was one of the first responders there with trucks. And also there's comeback stories everywhere. Today, what I want to look at is a great comeback story as we, as we begin a series of comebacks. And today in John chapter 21, we see Peter's comeback story. We're titling it Restored for a Comeback. So if you will, turn with me in John chapter 21, verses, we're going to start at verse 15. John chapter 21, verse 15. Now the background to the story, Jesus had died, he had been buried, and he was raised again. And, but the disciples had not known this at the time, and Jesus had made himself known to some others. He had appeared to Thomas. And here in chapter 21, we see the story of Peter and the guys going out to fish because that's what they knew to do. That's what they were good at. Before Jesus called them to be fishers of men, that was what they did in their life. That was their calling. That was their uh, their job was they were fishermen. So they went out to fish and you know the story, they, they fished during the night and they didn't catch anything. And then uh, Jesus, uh, which they didn't recognize him at first, asked them, says, uh, from the shore, he says, have you caught anything? And they said, no. And he says, throw out your nets on the other side. And they caught this slew of 153 fish and they came to the shore and Peter actually jumped out of the boat and uh, swam to meet Jesus. And in verse 15, after they've had a meal, it says this. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things and you know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. Here we see Peter's restoration and we're going to talk about that in just a second. But, but in order to talk about a comeback... And all we have to go back into John chapter 18 to see where Peter was and the situation that he was in that caused Jesus to ask him these questions. 
And so the first, there's three things I want to see today. The first thing, we have to go back to John chapter 18 and to see Peter's setback. Because for every comeback story, there's always a setback that occurs. It could, for the athlete, it could be an injury that puts the brakes on the athlete's season. And he has to have surgery and go in, go through rehab and, uh, and all these things uh, in order to have the comeback. Or it could be a decision that an individual makes that causes us to go backwards and take a step back. It causes us to stumble on in our journey. John 18 is the decision that led to Peter's setback. And I'm just going to read real quick here. In John chapter 18, it says, Simon Peter and another disciple were following Jesus because the disciple was known to the high priest. He went with Jesus into the high priest's courtyard, but Peter had to wait outside the door. The other disciple, who was known to the high priest, came back, spoke to the girl on duty there, and brought Peter in. You're not one of his disciples, are you? The girl at the door asked Peter. He replied, I am not. He was cold in the servant's. An official stood around the fire and they made to warm. Peter was standing with them and warming himself. In verse 25, we see Peter's continued setback. As Simon Peter stood warning, warming himself. He was asked, you're not one of his disciples, are you? He denied him, saying, I'm not. One of the high priest's servants, a relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off, challenged him. Didn't I see you with him in the olive grove? Again, Peter denied it, and at the moment, the rooster crowed. You see, John 18 is the decision that led to Peter's setback. Now, Jesus had predicted it in John chapter 13 when he told Peter that Peter would deny him three times before the rooster crowed. Peter had three different chances, three different opportunities to stand up and be counted as a disciple of Jesus, but he chose not to. He had three opportunities where he was asked clearly, and all, you're not one of his disciples, are you? And the third time, and all, the, the relative of the one who Peter cut his, the ear off said, didn't I see you with him? And Peter denied him a third time. You see, Peter had a setback in his faith. He had a setback. And so many times in our lives, we find ourselves doing really well. And then just from a lapse of judgment or maybe because uh, several decisions that we've made that, that pull us away uh, from our relationship with Christ, that kind of put that wedge there in that fellowship and all we make decisions that much like Peter. So I ask you today, how many chances have you and I had to make known that we are a follower of Christ only to squander it or even deny the opportunity? How many times have we had the opportunity to be known as a disciple of Christ and when asked a similar question to, the what, G, to what Peter was asked, and all, we made the same statement that Peter said, no, I'm not. Maybe we didn't make it with our lips, but we made it with our, with our actions. Because, you see, we don't have to verbally say it 
in order for it to happen. And all the fact that we don't live our life in such a way that brings glory to God is a way that we deny Christ among other people. Peter had three chances. I don't know about you, but I know I've had more than three. And I know I've squandered more than just three opportunities. The first thing that we see of Peter's story is Peter's setback. But I think it's good for us to remember our setbacks. It's good for us to remember our past because in that we are reminded of God's love for us and his faithfulness despite our disobedience sometimes. How many times have you messed up? How many times have you not taken the opportunity that was obviously there that God had given you to be a witness for him? Only for fear or busyness or whatever it is, you squandered that opportunity um, to be a faithful disciple of Jesus Christ. But I love the fact, and that's the beauty of grace. God's grace and God's mercy that when we remember our setbacks, it always helps us remember his love and his faithfulness because it's never ending. So I want to tell you today, if you're in the midst of a setback, if you're in the midst of uh, something that has caused a strain in your, your relationship with Christ, you know, it doesn't have to stay that way. Because God is faithful. First John 1 John 1.9 If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And in these verses that we read in John chapter 21, not only do we see Peter's setback in, chapter, in John chapter 18, but we see in John chapter 21, we see Peter's restoration. Jesus asked uh, Peter three times, do you love me? There's three things we see. Jesus questions to Peter, Peter's answer, and then Jesus's response. Jesus questioned to Peter, do you love me? The first one, he said, do you love me, truly love me more than these? Talking about the other disciples. And all you've claimed that you love me. You, you said, and we, we can go back to John chapter 13. And in the gospel of John, where he says, where Peter told Christ. And I'll, I'll lay down my life for you. And Jesus said, will you really? How many times have we made that such a bold statement that we would lay down our life for Christ if that's what it took? But what if, when it came down to it, and I'll, would we follow through with our statement? That's a question that we all have to ask. But we see Peter's restoration. Jesus asked him three times, do you love me? And then Peter's answer, yes, Lord, you know I love you. Peter wanted Jesus to know that he loved him. He learned from his mistakes. He learned from his decisions. So as Peter has learned from his mistakes and his decision, and we know from Luke chapter 24 that there had been that moment where Jesus and Peter had had this conversation. Peter had, had definitely uh, repented of his sins. So 
He had learned from his mistakes, and he was ready to move on. He was hoping that the Lord would show him grace and mercy in his life. So my question to us today is, have we learned from our mistakes? Have we learned from our decisions that we made that didn't bring glory to God? Or are we continuing on that path just to make bad mistake after bad mistake, bad decision after bad decision, bad choice after bad choice? Peter had repented of his sins and he wanted desperately to be used again by God. And Jesus' response in the passage three different times as he asked the question. He says, feed my lamb. Take care of my sheep. Feed my sheep. You ask, you wonder, and all because Peter denied Christ three times publicly, why Jesus was asking him in this restoration of, of Peter's that he asked him publicly among the other disciples. He didn't do it in private. He didn't call him over to the side and say, Peter, let's have a conversation. No, he did it right there in front of his peers. Peter denied Jesus publicly three times. And here he claims his love for Jesus. He makes it known not only to Jesus, but also to the other disciples. Peter is known as a leader among the disciples. And so you can imagine that the disciples were listening very intently very into this conversation that Jesus was having, these questions that Jesus was asking Peter to see what Peter's response was. Jesus said, feed my lambs first. And then he said, take care of my sheep. And then he says, feed my sheep. You see, because both lambs, whether they're, they're young lambs or they're mature sheep, there's still the need to be fed and led. Jesus was coming around to Peter and he was kind of letting him know that, telling Peter that this is going to be your task. If you truly love me, this is what I'm going to need you to do to show your love for me. And all, not just with your words, of t you're telling me that I love you, but I, I need you to take care of the sheep. Because what, what Jesus was doing was he was preparing Peter for a time when Jesus was not going to be around physically with him any longer. And someone was going to have to step up. Someone was going to have to take the reins. And so he was preparing Peter and all for this leadership. And he restored Peter to his apostleship role. What an awesome opportunity and responsibility that Jesus was giving Peter. Peter had messed up. Peter had messed up royally. He didn't just kind of leave and take off and all not to uh, be with Christ all the way up to his crucifixion. And all Peter denied him publicly to people three times. Now, if it was in this time and day, there would be many people that would have cast Peter away. They would have thrown him away. They would not have considered him to be a leader for anything. Why? Because 
to a lot of people, that would have been major. Hey, you denied Christ. You know, didn't Jesus say, well, if you deny me in front of others, then I will deny you in front of the Father. I'm sure that was kind of going through people's minds. But no, Jesus, Jesus restored Peter because he saw in Peter what others did. He knew that Peter had the characteristics and the leadership ability to lead. And he said, feed my lambs, take care of my sheep, feed my sheep. It was an awesome responsibility that Jesus was giving back to Peter in this restoration. It's also an awesome responsibility that God gives pastors today to shepherd his sheep, to lead, to care for, to teach, to lead. But it's not only pastors. Yes, and all, there is that opportunity, and God equips and he gifts folks to pastor and be shepherds. But he also gifts the individual Christian to help care and take care of the sheep as well. As Christians, it's true that we have to help care for the flock. Whether that be a Sunday school teacher, or that be a deacon, or whether that be a women's ministry leader, a men's ministry leader, a Sunday school teacher, weekday preschool teacher. And all we're to help care for the flock. God has gifted us, Ephesians 4.12. And all that we equip the saints for the works of the service. God has gifted them. Each and every one of us that have given our lives to Jesus Christ have given, been given a gift or gifts that to serve the local church and to serve the body of Christ. So I ask you, what are you doing with your gifts? Are you using your gifts to take care of the flock that, that God has placed you in or are you squandering them and just kind of sitting back on them? Saying, oh, somebody else will do it. Somebody else can take care of that. And I'll tell you this, if you don't do it and you don't use your gift, God will raise somebody up, else up to take care of it. But you'll miss out on the blessing that God wanted you to have. We should look after and care for each other. You see, the key issue here in John chapter 21 is Peter's love for Jesus, and that should be the same key matter for us today. He asked Peter three times, Do you love me? And the question that Jesus was asking Peter is no different than the question that he asked us today. He asked us, he asked you as an individual, if you're a believer in Christ Jesus, do you love me? So my question is, what is your answer to that question? And if you say, yes, I love you, Lord, just like Peter did, what are you doing to show it? What are you doing to reflect your love for Christ? Who are you mentoring? Who are you discipling? Who are you going caring for? Who are you visiting? Because here's a great 
misunderstanding that the church universal has is that all of the ministry is to be done by the paid pastoral staff. And that is not how, what Jesus saved you for. He didn't save you so you could just kind of pat the pastor and the leaders on the back saying, good job when you go to visit and you make hospital visits and you go to visit our shut-ins. And you go to do ministry and you, you lead little kids and you teach them and you teach young people. No. What a great misunderstanding of why Jesus saved you. Jesus saved you so that you could serve. And if your gift is caring and, and compassion, then what's stopping you from when you know that somebody is in the hospital, when somebody, the shut-in, needs help, and all from you going out and doing it yourself and not even telling anybody, but just doing it because you love Jesus. And you love them. The church is at its strongest when all of its members are using its gift to do the works of the service that God has called us to. And the church is at its weakest when it relies solely on the paid staff. Why would it... I want to rob you of your blessing of visiting someone and letting them know that, hey, I'm praying for you. I'm caring for you. To hear them respond back, man, thank you so much. You'll never know what this visit meant to me. Or for that, that person that, that needs help with a project that you know of and you're gifted in that way. Of just going and helping them out. Why? Because their brother and sister in Christ. So do you love him? That's the question that Peter asked. He says, do you love me? And that's the question that Jesus asked us here today. On Labor Day weekend, 2019, do you love me? Peter's response was, yes. Three times, unequivocally, yes. I love you. Even knowing his faults and where he messed up, Jesus wanted to restore Peter to let him say, I'm not finished with you yet. And let me tell you, there's somebody here today that you need to hear that. That maybe you've messed up recently or maybe you messed up a lot of times in your faith journey. But... Maybe that's what you need to hear today, the same thing that Jesus was telling Peter. I'm not finished with you yet. And yes, you've got thoughts and you've got hang-ups and you've got mess-ups and all, but I'm here to restore you today. I'm here to restore you because I've got work for you to do. And that work is going to bring you joy, but it's going to bring me glory. And it's for others' good. And then the third thing, we see Peter's setback. We see Peter's restoration. And then we see Peter's comeback. The comeback that, that we all, we all want to hear about. The comeback. We see it in Acts chapter 2. And along through uh, the first 12 chapters of Acts. 
After Peter's restoration, we see Peter's comeback when the Holy Spirit comes upon him and the others at Pentecost. And what does Peter do? Does Peter go back and he hide and just forget about what Jesus said because Jesus had said no and all? He preached the word. He preached the sermon. He gave the message to the people that we know as the New Testament church. And the outcome of his message is incredible. The Holy Spirit moves in a way that people have not seen before. And he moves in people's hearts and he pricks their hearts and they're changed. And 3, 000, about 3,000 of them are saved is what the scripture says. All because Peter, after he was restored, he realized and now that God has used my setback to prepare me for the comeback. And today, some of us in this room, we, we need to be restored because Jesus is ready for our comeback, to write our comeback story. And it's incredible. Wow. I would say this is one awesome comeback story. Not only in Acts chapter 2, that's just the beginning of Peter's ministry. We see through the first 12 chapters of Acts, Many times how God continued to use Peter and get in the boldness and the, the courage that he had, not only to share the message of Christ, but also endure the hardships of Christ when he was arrested, when he was beaten and flogged. And yet, you know, it didn't stop him from running his mouth about Jesus. So where are you at today? crossroads where are you at today believer are you in Peter's situation where you've had a setback you need to be restored David said created me a clean heart oh God and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Do you need to be restored so that you can have your comeback? So that God can use you in incredible ways to minister? Maybe it's just a one person. But you know what? That one person someone that Jesus died for and gave his life for on the cross. It may be to multiple, a number of people, but whatever it is, let God restore you because God is in the restoration business. And in that restoration, he takes setbacks and turns them into comebacks for his glory and your joy, and others' good. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. Lord, I thank you for this time that we've had. Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you that you don't, your faithfulness is not based upon our works, but it is based upon the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. And Father, I pray that today that I just feel that there are people in here that, that need that restoration as Peter needed it. And also that they can have a comeback like Peter did. So Father, I pray that today as we...
have this time of response. Lord, that you would give us the courage to ask for forgiveness and to confess our sins so that we can have a comeback. And you can write our comeback story as well. In your name we pray. Amen. As we get ready to sing and all, this is a time of response. How do we respond to the word today? How has God spoken to you? And all, let me just say, and all, let the Spirit deal with you and however the Spirit is dealing with you. And all, you respond in obedience. Don't worry about what anybody else. Because God may want to use you and your courage to make a decision to give someone else the courage to do the same thing. So let's stand. As we sing, I'm going to be down front. And all, if you want to come join the church or if you need to come to faith in Jesus Christ, man, I'd love to talk to you.